You're listening to Deal Talk with 7MA, providing invaluable insight into investment banking and the M&A space through honest conversations with industry thought leaders, business pioneers, and innovators. We'll pull back the curtain and give you the inside scoop on trends in our targeted industries and provide you the tools to better position your company in today's market. Welcome back to another episode with Deal Talk with 7MA. If you've followed along with our podcast before, you know that back in January, we recently started our consumer practice headed up by Mark Landry, who's also been on the podcast a few times. We are lucky enough to have Mark back with us today to dive into a little bit of research that we recently produced in the space. We also have one of our associates, Sydney Larice, who helped put together this research with us. So Mark and Sydney are going to kind of walk through what's going on really in the digital marketing space right now and what does that mean in terms of the industry and what does that mean in terms of what's going on in the M&A space. So Sydney, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself real quick. Yeah, sure, Ariel. Uh, thanks for having me today on our podcast. So like she said, my name is Sydney Larice. I'm an associate here at Seven Mile. I've been with the firm now for about a, a year and a half. I assist our deal team with various project work efforts as well as business development and publishing uh, research like white papers, sector watches, and various of our other research platforms. So happy to be here and excited to talk about our recent publication on the consumer sector. Thanks. And with that, Mark, I'm going to kind of throw it over to you and let you guide this discussion about this exciting space. Well, thank you and, uh, and good morning. Well, first, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say um, kudos to Sydney. I believe that this research is both deep and, and, and thorough. It's, it really exposes the impact that the whole digital marketplace is having, and in particular, the digital marketing agency area and how it's a key driver to this significant change. And and not to date myself, but I've personally been deeply involved in this space for four decades. That sounds better than 40 years. And and I'm both invigorated by this change and this dynamic, and, and then same, by the same token, I'm scared. <laughs> so what I'd like to do is, is just kind of explore with you, Sydney, some of the points you've made and just get a little color around them. So one of the first things that comes to me is when you read it is the old adage, which came first, the chicken or the egg. It seems to me that this entire change in the marketing, digital marketing space was, first of all, evoked by by clever technologists providing a solution in the e-commerce space. But then rapidly, it seems that the consumer's appetite became insatiable and their demands and their changing requirements of products and services, etc., Force the technology ecosystem to respond. Was that the flavor you got for your research? Mark, exactly. I'm glad you made that connection. So once these digital marketing companies started to implement these capabilities in the consumer sector, I think uh, consumers are, they just want more of it. They can't get enough of it. And it's definitely an exciting time. So in terms of what came first, the chicken or the egg, I think, like you said, they, they, they've impacted each other. So as more consumers are getting access to... Yeah, I, I see it the same way. The, it, it seems to me it spawned an entire revolution where the forever it seemed that the holy grail for the consumer space was to be able to market to a market of one. And this entire environment has enabled that. And the response has been overwhelming with primarily young entrepreneurs who are 
coming out with products that are, 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 are appealing to consumers at a level that they feel like the product and the service was made for them. And that is driving the growth. And, and, and I think you've highlighted some of those examples through your research. Right, exactly. And I think also the digital capabilities are setting the stage and then the consumer user experience is really like paving the path for digital companies to create more technology. Yeah. And you, you talked about the, the Amazon effect. And of course, you, you can't move anywhere without hearing about Amazon. Could you go into a little more detail what you were talking about there? Yeah, of course. I think the Amazon effect can be interpreted in two different ways. So, you know, the definition of the Amazon effect is the effect that the online digital marketplace has on traditional brick and mortar uh, retail stores. So that's like, you know, the textbook definition of it. And then Mm -hmm. I also see it as the effect that the Amazon effect affects consumers as well. So on one page, you've got your brick and mortar stores, and then the consumers are being Amazon affected because they have access to these digital online marketplaces and they experience the convenience and the variety that places like Amazon and uh, various other just like online website platforms in general offer them. I think a big value add that consumers are looking for are they want to know as much product information as possible before they actually end up purchasing it. And I think having access to when you're just in a store, you can see, you see your product on the shelf and what you see is what you get. And for example, I typically find myself going, looking at my phone, Googling like past experiences that other people have had with these products before I actually decide, do I actually want to purchase this thing? <laughs> so, and then if they were to just access this online, they would have access to obviously all the you know nutritional facts that you could see on a basic label, but also product reviews from people. I know that's a big that's a big thing on Amazon and Google, providing reviews on products and places and various yeah. services on 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 the digital marketplace. So I think convenience and variety play a really big factor. Yeah, and I you know I, I think you know the real winner here, I think you would agree, is the consumer. The is causing everybody in the ecosystem to raise their game. It's it's no longer a monolithic you go to a retailer brick and mortar and what's on the shelf you get. It's really driving everybody to a new higher level, which from a consumer perspective is not only keeping inflation in line, it's really creating a demand on the infrastructure to be producing better, bigger, more relevant products. And I I think we're all winning. You you go on then to, to characterize the changing environment and for the traditional uh, CPG companies, the Unilevers and the Proctors and the L'Oreal's and the Colgate and the retailers. And, and you talk about their, their need to bifurcate uh, the manners in which they communicate. And you, you do so by explaining omni-channel versus multi-channel. Could you take me through that in a little more? a little more detail and you refer to the customer journey, which I found very, very intriguing. Right. So the multi-channel experience, again, by definition is just the, at first it was all about the consumer having access to a product or service via various different platforms. And so 
the multi-channel aspect is they can access it in a store, they can access it online, they can access it from their mobile phone, um, and that's that's the connection. It's a be- it's between the consumer and the store, consumer website. The concept of omnichannel is great for the customer journey because they not only have those connections between the store, the website, your mobile device, social media platforms, but their customer journey across all of those platforms stay relatively the same and they're all connected somehow. So you can see more and more websites for these CPG companies becoming more like what their storefront looks like or having interactive like digital signage or uh, digital displays within their stores that replicate what their website might show. So I think having a more connected, similar process, buying process while you're online and, and or vice versa, as if you were purchasing it online, they're seeing that journey be relatively the same. Well. And to, to just imagine, although it feels like it's been around a while, it's arguably just at the beginning of its entirety and its capabilities. And what's ahead of us is it's kind of going to be interesting to watch and be part of as it unfolds. I mean, in any kind of transformational change, there's there's winners and losers. Mm-hmm. Do you? And we talked a little bit. I think net net consumer seems to be a winner here. But have you looked at winners and losers? Have you thought about that as 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 you went through and looked at these this transformational period? Yeah, I have. That's a good question. So definitely, like you said, the, our us as consumers are the winners, <laughs> and then not only us, but these digital marketing companies are winners as well because it's really affecting their their growth strategy. So the more and more consumers desire for these digital user experiences on their end, the our our digital companies are are growing because they're and investing in more capabilities that they can provide. So those companies are definitely, definitely winners as well. In terms of the, the, for lack of a better term, the losers or the short end of the stick, like I mentioned, those, the brick and mortar stores are definitely, definitely being impacted by this. Over the past few years, we've seen various storefronts closing, like the big names Tours R Us, which is so sad. <laughs> and then Kmart, Sears, JCPenney, all those various big name department stores have have ended up either, you know, completely going bankrupt or closing closing various locations. They're being impacted by it. So yeah. Yeah, there's regrettably there is carnage with change. It's interesting. I went through and uh, I'm sure you were you were uh, at, at pains to determine how many examples you wanted to put in your research, but just looking at this purely through a an M&A lens. The we're really looking at companies that weren't even in the discussion five to ten years ago. What verticals in your research have experienced what you would say is the most change, using the change as a reference point to if you were doing this five years ago and looking at a an M&A, an M&A transaction analysis? Yeah, no, great question. So there's four different types of categories of buyers that we focus on in this research. We focus on your large global technology companies, which are uh, typical companies that we here at Seven Mile follow regularly, and then uh, traditional marketing agencies, as well as uh, your traditional technology consulting companies. But one big factor of this research piece was definitely like to hone in on that consumer space. So what's been really interesting uh, across the consumer space is we are now seeing them acquiring companies within the technology space to bring those capabilities in-house. 
So, for example, there's been a few few pretty big ones over the past uh, year, year and a half or so. Uh, like Nike completed two acquisitions last year. First, they completed, I, I believe the order was uh, Zodiac in March of 2018 to help modernize the, and enhance their in-store experience. I believe this is the one that better directs people to things that might fit them better <laughs> based on uh, some cr- criteria that they put into a system. And then even more interesting, at the beginning of this year, or early April, McDonald's acquired Dynamic Yield to better enhance their user experience through their drive through which I'm, I i can't say I go to McDonald's very often, but I'm interested to see what type of uh, changes they make there. So maybe maybe I'll have to make that trip. <laughs> yeah, no, it's incredible. And I, I, I would imagine, I'm thinking back, that if I look at a traditional marketing agency, they they were always acquisitive within themselves, buying up geography or perhaps client lists, etc. Mm-hmm. But as the, the the as as the manner in which products were being communicated to consumers changed into this digital space, what kind of changes did you see in the traditional marketing agency arena? Yeah, so great question, Mark. Again, the traditional marketing agencies we're seeing. Typically, in the past, their big mission was to focus on creating a brand, vision, mission, and values of the company, really really establishing a well-known brand presence. And now, more and more, that brand presence is heavily being messaged through their websites via digital technology. So, like, more user-friendly experiences affect their brand presence. And so I think... More of these advertising agencies, I think, like IPG and WPP, they've always had a big digital initiative, but uh, more, more recently they've done some acquisitions within the space to enhance that. So, like IPG, their big acquisition of Axiom was worth two point or two billion dollars, I believe. Big bet. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're they're bringing in more in-house digital capabilities to enhance that. Yeah, it's. Um I tell you, the challenge is presenting itself everywhere. If I look at the consumer product arena, where I spent most of my life, the the inescapable fact is that brilliant high energy uh, entrepreneurs are are coming to market with with products in such a unique manner and, and incurring favor with with consumers, whether it's in shaving or socks or beauty products. And in large measure, these are not necessarily differentiated by their inherent technology base that would make them better. It's just the manner in which they're being expressed at the consumer level. And I think that these these bigger legacy companies are having to grapple with the fact that these consumers didn't come here from Mars. They're their consumers who are now choosing to buy their fulfill their need for that product in a different way with different products. And I think you're seeing, I don't know whether you had a chance to look at that, but the consumer products businesses are starting to buy up these digital up the startups to hopefully just learn from them and, and understand how they're getting proximity with the consumer in this whole digital ecosystem. Right. No, I couldn't agree more. It's definitely an an exciting time to be in. I know me personally, I'm definitely heavily influenced by those product goods that have, you know, a better brand presence through their websites and various social media platforms. I mean, 
they consider me a millennial, but that's definitely the millennial way <laughs> these days. <laughs> that's how you find products that you're going to like. So definitely yeah. has an impact. Now, this is a little bit of an unfair question because it, it's not within the scope of the research, but it's a knock-on effect that is, ha- has me curious. The other parts of the ecosystem, you know, third-party logistics and right. the con- contract manufacturing and the whole packaging industry, they are now being challenged to not only fulfill the needs that were in place with the traditional retailers and the traditional legacy consumer businesses, but now meeting the demands of these new startups, which are presenting products in a much different way and much less volume. Have you had a chance to look at those verticals at all? Yeah, I've done a little bit of digging and for sure, this the whole digital... Digital is not something that people can stay away from anymore. Your recent podcast that you and Ariel did a couple weeks ago on RPA, industrial automation is a really big, big trend within like the manufacturing and third-party logistics logistics world. And I do know we do have some research coming out soon on that industrial automation sector, so stay tuned for that. But we're definitely seeing an impact across the third-party logistics, manufacturing, and other consumer-focused industries as well. And I think it's an exciting time. I definitely think we'll see, from an M&A perspective, more transactions ramp up as more of those manufacturing companies are looking to bring those those capabilities in-house. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more, Sydney. I think what we're going to see is uh, traditionally these types of businesses would be absorbed within their, their same ecosystem. So they would be sold into a bigger player or sold into a player who needed geographic expansion. And I think in tomorrow's world, we're going to see that the more conventional companies, a la the Unilevers who bought Men's Shave Club or McDonald's who bought the e-commerce situation, I really believe you're going to start to see the, the a mixture of the old and new, if you will, trying to get together through M&A activity to benefit and further their proximity. Because at the end, they're all about the consumer. So anyway, I thoroughly enjoyed your research. Thank you. I can tell you one thing. The speed at which this is changing, I expect you'll be be issuing research number two in the not-too-distant future because keeping up with the change is going to be a full-time job for you. So... Again, compliments on wonderful research. Thanks, Mark. Speaking (laughs) again and not too soon. Perfect. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye now. So if anybody is looking to get their hands on this research, it can be found on the 7 Mile website. Um, So if you go to the number7mileadvisors.com and head over to our research section, within that there is a white paper section, and the consumer marketing landscape can be accessed there. In addition, if you have any questions that you would love to cover with Sydney or Mark or want to dive a little bit deeper, talk about some strategic initiatives that you may have for your company, please feel free to reach out to them. You can contact Sydney at Sydney, S-Y-D-N-E-Y, at the number 7 mileadvisorscom Same goes for Mark. He can be contacted at Mark, M-A-R-K, at the number 7 mileadvisors. They would love to talk to you. Um, and dive into any of this a little bit deeper. As they pointed out, there's going to be a lot of changes coming over the next year. And as the digital marketplace and the digital ecosystem continues to evolve, we're going to see a lot of changes in how people are doing business and as well in the M&A space specifically as people are having to make these strategic acquisitions 
to really align themselves for the future. So thank you, Sydney and Mark, for joining us today. And we look forward to seeing you guys next time. There will be certainly be more research and more discussions to come on this. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Deal Talk with 7MA. You'll find more information and resources based on today's discussion exclusively on our website. If you're looking to dive deeper into today's topics, head to 7mileadvisors.com to speak to one of our bankers today. That's the number 7, M-I-L-E-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S.com. 7M Securities does not make any investment recommendation for any company or security that was discussed, nor does the firm offer any tax advice. Consult your tax advisor for any tax matter that might apply to you or your business. 